I'm Rachel Olstead, and this is the Dream Builder Society podcast. As a business coach for new and aspiring female entrepreneurs, I help driven, ambitious, and passionate women just like you build and grow your own online business so you can create a life of freedom, impact, and joy. I truly believe business can be simple and fun, and I'm here to empower you and support you every step of the way with a touch of sarcasm, a little tough love, and a whole lot of inspiration. Let's build our dreams. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Dream Builder Society podcast. Today, I am excited to share with you episode three, where I'm going to essentially dig in and share how in the world I got here to be a business coach for new and aspiring female entrepreneurs. And I'm going to share a little bit about my story. Um, With sharing my story, I really just want you first to know and understand that there is nothing like crazy, special, or unique, or extraordinary about me. Um, Yes, I have confidence in myself. And yes, I, um, you know, I'm proud of myself and all of the accomplishments that I've had and all the great things that I've been able to do in my life. But I, I really want you to understand that my story is probably very similar to your story. And I want that to be an encouragement that if it's possible for me, It's absolutely possible for you to make your dreams happen and make your business work and create a life and a business that you truly love. So let's jump in. I'm going to actually backtrack a little bit and just tell you a little bit about um, who I am and and what I was kind of like growing up because I think it's important to understand like how all of that led me to where I am today. I'm not going to give you every detail of my life. I'll save that. Um, But I will say that I am a natural high achiever and a go-getter and I also consider myself a recovering perfectionist (laughs) from my youngest years, I guess, back to even elementary school, as far back as I can remember, I have always um, been a go-getter and I've always been one that is, you know, focuses on doing everything perfect and just right and just so. And although it's kind of It's kind of this paradox of like me following the status quo, but also me being kind of a rule breaker. So I would consider myself kind of a natural rule breaker. I don't necessarily love authority and I've always been a little defiant with that. And so because of that, it's kind of interesting, my high achieving nature and my just like go getting... I don't even know if that's a term, like a go-getter type attitude um, mixed with me being kind of a a little bit of a rebel. I wouldn't say I'm like super rebellious, but a little bit of a rebel kind of led me to to making a lot of decisions that um, led me here today where I am in my life as a business coach. And um, I want you to understand that like I fought myself on that for a long time. And what I mean by that is I thought that there was a certain path that I was supposed to take in life 
to be successful. And I always kind of was annoyed by that idea that there was like this status quo of expectations that society puts on us that, you know, go to school, get good grades, don't fail your tests, right? Like do all of the things, be in all the activities, apply for all of the colleges, go to college, get your degree, get a job, be an employee, right? Work and work and work and pay taxes until the government can tell you that you can retire and you retire and hopefully you have some money to like spend your, the rest of your life with. Okay. So I don't mean to be like depressing about it, but It was like part of me knew that that status quo was there and that I was supposed to do those things because that was what was expected of me. But this like rebellious part of me always, I I was, was kind of subdued. Like it was always there, but I never really allowed myself to listen to it and to lean in for fear of like looking irresponsible or making irrational decisions because as a high achieving person, and maybe you can relate to this, like I wanted to do the right thing and I wanted to do, you know, the, the excellent thing and what was like really going to set me apart from, from others and get good grades and do, you know, all of the things that will get me that pat on the back essentially. But behind all of that, there was kind of this rebellious spirit that I, I just, yeah, kind of there, it was, it was pushed back. I I pushed it to like the very, very back of my mind, um, so that I could follow the status quo of society. And so fast forward to, um, high school and even college, I, um, decided on my very first day, of, I'm also a very quick decision maker, which I think has led me. Um, and I'm realizing now that like very successful people make quick decisions. And, um, that's definitely been a theme in my life. I don't sit on things very long. Um, if I have an idea and it feels right, I, I press play and I, I go, I go for it. (laughs) Um, and so that actually, led me to declaring my major at the college that I attended, um, on the very first day of my freshman year. And so, um, I'm telling you that because I think it's really interesting that like that day really defined like the next several, several years of my life because I was on a very strict path and there was not a lot of deviation from that path, which felt at the time pretty good. But later on in life, I felt it become like suffocating. And so that first day of freshman year, I decided that um, I always knew that I was going to do something with the French language. Um, I fell in love with it in middle school and high school, and I just like, I absolutely adored it. Everything about the French language, French culture was just like, I was so passionate about it. And so that first day I declared my major as French education. And so I decided from there on out that everything I was going to do for the next four years at college was going to be devoted to becoming a French teacher, right? So it was very black and white. There wasn't a lot of misunderstanding of like, okay, what can I do with my life? Well, I'm getting a a degree in French education, 
so I guess I'm going to teach French, right? Some of my other friends had, you know, business degrees or communication degrees, and there was so many possibilities for them. Um, that I didn't feel like there were for me, but it also felt really secure. Like, yeah, of course I'm going to be a French teacher. Like that's what I'm studying for. Um, And so those four years in college went, um, were like amazing, amazing experience. I met some of my very best friends, met my husband in college and lived in France for a while. Um, Everything went very smoothly. I wrote my my 70, I think it was like something crazy, like 75 page um, thesis all in French um, in order to graduate. I did my student teaching, graduated in four years. Everything was like check, check, check and check. Okay, perfect. I made it the four years. And from there, I got my first teaching job, like right out of school. So I graduated May of 2013. um, And from there, like almost immediately, I got my first teaching job in the city that I was living in. um, And I'm still living here. And right away, um, that job, just like there, there's nothing in life that can kind of like entrepreneurship. There's nothing truly like no amount of preparation can actually prepare you to be a teacher, like in the classroom, real life, <laughs> actually having your own students. Um, and so I was essentially baptized by fire, like just jumped in. I had a ton of, I was traveling different to, from school to school teaching, had a lot of different grade levels that I was teaching, um, but it was such an incredible experience. I loved it and I hated it at the same time. Um, for any teachers listening, you will totally understand to anyone married to a teacher or who gets the world of education. Um, I don't think I need to explain any more than that. Um and so I continued teaching for um, a couple years. I think about two and a half years in, I was feeling a little unsettled with teaching. And I kind of had this, I don't know, this pull on my heart that I either needed to like really like recommit my heart to teaching. I either needed to like really go all in and be like the very best I could because I felt like as Although I was a great teacher, I could have probably at the time been an excellent teacher had I had I really given it my all. But there was something holding me back. Um, and so I had decided that I either needed to go all in or all out and like leave teaching. And essentially, I had made myself a promise um, early on. I made myself a promise that I was going to teach for minimum the amount of time that it took me to get my degree. So I, I knew that I was going to be teaching for minimum of four years um, and then I could reevaluate. So I made that promise to myself and to my husband as well with all the student loans that I had accrued. I felt like I owed it to myself and, um, and to my career. So I decided that going all in and continuing to teach was going to mean that I was going to get my master's degree in education. Um, And so I applied for an all online program. Um, I got accepted right away and I wanted to do online so that I could get it done in a pretty short period of time because basically everyone was telling me in the educational world, all my colleagues, all my teacher friends, everyone was essentially saying that, you know, the only way that you can ever get a raise or make more money or have, um, really like have a better lifestyle as a teacher, um, 
is to get your master's degree. And so that's what I did, right? Status quo, that's what society tells me. So, okay, I better do it. So um, I spent the next, um, I think from that point, it was maybe like six months working on my master's degree. And then I got pregnant for the first time. Um, and so at that point I was pregnant. I was working full time as a teacher, working like crazy hours, long hours on the weekends, nights, correcting papers, doing lesson plans. Um, and I was also working on my master's degree. So like I would spend the entire, I remember like this, I have this vivid memory of me coming home, like really exhausted, pregnant, sitting on the couch, like ignoring my husband for, I feel like so many evenings, just like sitting with my laptop on my, on my lap, on our couch, (laughs) um, at our first house and just working and working and working on something that honestly, looking back, did not even light me up. Um, and so that continued after, um, after even I had, we had our first daughter, Kennedy, who is now three, um, during my maternity leave. And so my maternity leave was actually spent basically rocking her in like a little, um, swing with my foot while I was typing on my computer to finish up my master's degree. Um, wouldn't necessarily change anything about that because it it led me to where I am today. And so I really don't live a life of regrets at all, but I really never got like an actual maternity leave, which is looking back kind of sad um, at the same time. And so from there, I had, so I finished up with my master's degree. It took me 18 months to get a master's degree. I spent $12,000 on top of the, I don't even know, like $30,000 of undergrad loans that I had. So I spent spent an additional $12,000. And you guys, I went back to school after my maternity leave that next fall. Kennedy was like five months old and I got a $500 raise for the entire year. It was almost laughable. I had spent all of this time, I had spent all of this energy, I spent my entire like pregnancy, my entire maternity leave working on my master's degree only for the school board to tell us that they were freezing the salary schedules that we were on and that I would be getting a $500 raise. So $500 divided by 12 months, well, you can do the math. My raise was like basically enough to pay for, you know, maybe, maybe like our internet at the time. (laughs) Okay. It was absolutely ridiculous. And I felt so frustrated by that. Um, So I went back to school that fall after five months off of like maternity leave and then the summertime and I, I just sucked it up. I'm like, you know what? I am, I have my master's at least like I have that it's not, you know, one can ever take my education and my knowledge and my experiences away. I'm just going to make the best of it. And it was really hard. And those of you listening, like maybe you feel the same, maybe you're going through that. Maybe you went through that already, um, of like going to, going through the motions of rushing in the morning, rushing to daycare, rushing to, you know, drop off Kennedy at daycare, rushing to work, 
spending my days in a classroom with really no windows to speak of, which is like depressing on its own. And although like in the moment, I loved, loved, loved teaching French and I loved interacting with my students and um, just collaborating with my colleagues, like all of that was just really fulfilling, but it was all the extras. It was all the extra time, all the extra energy that I just never felt really fully appreciated. And it was losing its shine, I guess. I don't know for lack of better terms. And so I, after that first year of um, being back in school, um, when Kennedy was, was very, very little that summer after summer, 2018, I began to get really restless. And I remember like paging through magazines, scrolling on Instagram, looking for like jobs, looking for opportunities, looking for things that I could do that were outside of teaching because I loved, loved, loved my summers because I didn't work at all during the summer. And it was just so fun to spend time with Kennedy and and visit family and just not really have a care in the world. And so that summer really like something was churning in my heart and I just felt completely unsettled with teaching. And so I I like I even did crazy things like apply for jobs. I have no idea like looking back, it's like laughable, but I applied for jobs like in our area with different companies that I literally have no qualifications for. Like I was applying for sales jobs. I was applying I applied for a couple jobs at like a real estate company. Um you name it, I was looking into it. And I think that was like the first point that I'm like, okay, something has to change. Like, this is ridiculous. Why am I applying for jobs when I already have a job that I'm more than qualified for? I'm a really good French teacher. Um, I love my students. I love my colleagues. I love actually teaching, but there was just so much more that I didn't love about the entire situation. And so um, from there, I thought, okay, I either need to make something work or I need to really go again. It came to this like going all in on teaching. And so I'm like, okay, I am going to just be the very, very best teacher that I can. I'm going to re do all of my curriculum. So I adopted this new style of curriculum that I thought was just going to be so fun um, to teach and just really spent the rest of the summer like revamping everything. And I was just so energized starting the school year. So starting the school year 2018, back to school, I realized very quickly that it was not changing this desire in my heart to this pull in my, just like in my gut, like every morning waking up, like I knew something was off. I knew something needed to change. I just didn't know fully what. And I also had this like really intense feeling of guilt that I had spent all of this time. I had spent all of this money getting a a degree, a master's degree, like teaching, doing tons of extra professional development and extra courses. And that like, I thought this was going to be my life's work. And I had prayed for, you know, a very, very long time at that point for God to give me kind of some direction and answer, like, am I supposed to be teaching? Is there something else I'm supposed to be doing? And I really felt like that pull on my heart was him telling me like, okay, you need to explore something else. Because back 
you know, even when I, I mentioned right away that I was kind of this, have a little bit of a of rebellious side to me, that was really starting to come out. And I, I kind of had this attitude, like, why does someone else get to tell me what to do and tell me how to do it and tell me when to do it? And like, who is the government? And this is like, <laughs> it was starting to get like really, um, like stick it to the man kind of kind of an attitude like who is the government to tell me like as a public employee that I have to work until I'm 65 in order to get social security in order to retire and la 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 okay and so I started to get really rebellious and I'm like you know what like I don't want to work for someone else anymore I don't want to be in like on the very 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 bottom of this ridiculous like educational hierarchy and so I started getting like pretty rebellious, but I didn't really tell anyone about it. It was just like internal. And um, because I thought everyone would think I'm kind of crazy, like I had a secure job. I had a paycheck every month. It wasn't very much, but it was a paycheck. Um, I had good health insurance, you know, good retirement, like all of the things that everyone thinks that you need to feel secure and feel happy and feel safe and feel good and like provide for your family. But yet I wasn't happy and I wasn't, I didn't feel secure because, you know, I had spent so much extra time and money and on getting a master's and literally hardly got a raise at all. And maybe some of you can relate to that. And so I, I started having this idea that maybe I should just go out on my own instead of just looking for other jobs. Maybe I just need to like do my own thing. I've always been my, my parents always say, and if you're, if my parents are listening to this, they're probably going to laugh, but that I have always been pretty bossy, but, um, which is not, which is not false. I definitely have been very bossy, but I like to think of it as a strong leadership quality. And so I really don't like when people tell me what to do. And so I'm like, okay, I think I, I think I need to explore options to just be my own boss because then I get to, I get to call the shots. I get to decide how much money I make, how much time I spend working, all of the things that really, you know, women want at the beginning, you know, really everyone wants, but especially women, um, that I work with at the early stages of their business. Like that's what they want. They want that freedom. And so I started, um, in the, let's see, fall of 2018, I started a, um, Oh, I have to share this too before I jump into that. I actually started Googling like when I was at school and I'm admitting this now because I know that I'm not alone and I think it's kind of funny. I started Googling like while I was on my prep hours at school um, between my classes Googling things like online jobs for former teachers. Like how ridiculous is that? I think that was like the lowest of low, like desperation. I was like at my job Googling ways that I could work from home and like skill sets that would be, that would be, you know, that I could take from my teaching experience, um, to start my own business. So, um, anyways, I started looking into blogging and I decided to start a blog and I wanted to do more of like a lifestyle blog and kind of do have kind of some, take it almost like in a, in an educational route, um, knowing that obviously I was a French teacher and I thought that that 
could be a really good outlet for me um, to not only use as like a hobby, but eventually monetize that. Well, if anyone's looked into blogging before or has blogged, um, it takes a while to make an income from it if you aren't super committed and if you don't um, have a lot of extra time. Um, and so I realized very quickly that that was not going to be the quickest route to get me to where I wanted. And so I started looking at other options. I started looking into, you know, doing some virtual assistant work. I, I started looking into um, potentially doing Facebook ads, which is really funny to think back because I have no interest in Facebook ads, like running them. Um, I still don't use Facebook ads in my business right now, although that's probably going to change this year. But just so funny that I was like desperate. And I know that so many other women do this as well. Um, I did a poll over my Facebook group, the Dream Builder Society, a few weeks ago asking how many um, courses that and like freebies and downloads that women have, <laughs> that the ladies in my group have downloaded. And the answers were like, not surprising, but just like ridiculously high. You know, so many courses, so many different random resources and freebies trying to do exactly what I was doing, like looking for the right thing, looking for the perfect business idea for me. And so, um, yeah, I think I spent maybe a couple thousand dollars on my blog, on buying a, a virtual assisting course, buying a Facebook ads course, and None of it was really sticking until I decided, okay, I just need to do something. I just need to start a virtual assisting business because I'm I'm just very organized naturally. I love social media. I know how, you know, I, I had a ton of, of tech experience and just with lots of different programs. Um, my master's degree is in educational technology. And so I had a lot of, um, and we did a lot with social media as well. And so I'm like, okay, I think I could do that. Um, and so I started my virtual assisting business. And within a couple weeks of actually starting it, I had my first couple clients, um, was working with them for maybe a month or two. And I realized that although I was really good at what I was doing, I was doing some ghostwriting for blogs and doing social media management and other administrative tasks. Again, I realized it very quickly. I do not want to be behind the scenes. I am a natural leader. I'm a natural teacher, a mentor. And I knew that that role was not going to be sustainable for me. Um, I wanted to make, you know, I think I was making at that time on top of working full time, I was making maybe, um, like four or five hundred dollars a month, and just thinking to myself, this is never going to, you know, and that was back then, thinking back, that was definitely a limiting belief. I could have done a lot more with virtual assisting, but I think that was kind of something telling me that this wasn't right for me. Um, and I wanted to make more money and not work so much. And so I decided that it was it was the right time to hire a coach. Um, I did not want to waste any more time at this, at this point, it was like the winter of 2000, um, let's see, like 18, 19. So a little over a year ago. And I decided that I was not willing to waste any more time. Um, and I wanted to make this work because 
secretly, I had not told told anyone this yet, even my husband, but I had decided in my mind that I was not going to continue teaching. I decided that like now was the time I wanted to spend more time with Kennedy. I knew that we wanted to grow our family and we just, um, it was just the right time. And so I hired a business coach and I, I got out a credit card the very first credit card I had ever gotten out in my own name um, for four, I think I spent $4,000 on my first business coach. She was amazing. Um, I still consider her a friend today. And she helped me start my coaching business because I realized, and I won't share all of the details because I'll definitely be talking about this method, but as I went through the process with her, I essentially developed a method that I now use with my own clients that helped me find my own business, uh, my perfect business idea. And that is my unique method called Purpose, Passion, Profit. I share a ton about it over in my group, and I'm also going to be sharing a ton about it here on this podcast. So stay tuned for that. But essentially, I found that like my skill set, my natural abilities, my natural expertise, um, and although I don't have a business degree, I have a lot of really, really strong business um, intuition and understanding as well. And I had done it before. I had I had started a virtual assisting business. I had experience um, and I was just a natural teacher and I needed to be in front of people helping them and guiding them. And so business coaching seemed like the very perfect idea for me. And I decided again very early on that I wanted to, and I've shared this before already on um, I think the very first episode of this podcast that I wanted to fill that gap of of the the idea where in the industry of um, just online business, um, online businesses, there was a, um, I noticed a gap in the market where there weren't a lot of coaches that were ready and excited and willing to help the the newbies, so to speak, or the women that um, didn't even have a business idea yet. And so I knew that that is a like my zone of genius. I'm really good at helping women find their business ideas. And that's based on, you know, their natural talents and skills and expertise and passions. And so um That is how I became a online business coach for women. And so from the day I started with my coach to the day I signed my very first four-figure client, um, it had been 58 days. So it was less than two months and I had signed my first client. From there, I continued to grow, but pretty slowly um, by by choice. So I had decided and had spoken to my husband. And although he, um, if he ever listens to this podcast, he's going to maybe, I, I hope he'll laugh about this. Um, but I essentially told him I'm not going back teaching. I cannot go back another year, like after this school year, which would have been last year, 2018, 2019, I'm done. I cannot go back. I need to to spend more time with Kennedy and I just, I I'm ready to be home. I'm ready to do, do my own thing for a while, um, and have my own business. And he was not on board. Um, and so if you are experiencing that right now, or if you are experiencing a lot, a lot of pushback from your own spouse or family members or friends, or, you know, all of the, 
they're telling you all of the things, right? It's a scary move. Entrepreneurship is, is unstable, right? And all of, all of that crap. (laughs) Um, I give you full permission to not listen to them. (laughs) And I say that because I want you to follow your heart and not just do what's safe because what's safe is not always fulfilling. And I know that firsthand. And so, um, I had told him that I was, I was ready to make this happen. And I think it's really interesting to see like the journey in my business and the journey that he has gone on like with me and how much more he believes how how much more he believed in me every single day that I showed up for myself and for my business, even in those days that I was working full-time, building my coaching practice, starting to coach clients on the side, like in the evenings, on the weekends. And I just really went all in and I made a decision. And I think that's truly what like was a catalyst in, aside from hiring a coach right away, was a huge catalyst in my journey. A lot of people ask, like, how did you have such quick success? And I truly believe that it was because I decided to. Like that is that is it. I decided that I was going to be successful. I decided that I was going to make money. I decided that I was going to quit my job and there was no plan B. Plan A was the only plan and I was going to make it work um, come hell or high waters. And so he really got on board as he started seeing that I was serious and that this wasn't just a a random side hobby. And um, my business continued to grow. I put in my resignation letter to school. It was a huge shock to my entire staff, my principals. Um, In fact, one of them like essentially begged me to stay and wanted wanted me to reconsider, um, staying on as, as the main French teacher at our high school. And it was a really hard decision. Truly. It was very emotional. It was very emotional to, to tell my coworkers and my students. I cried when I told them all. And, um, I still truly love, love, love my students and love French, but at the time it was just like, it was the best decision for me and for my family. And I also had so many people in my life tell me that I'll never regret making this decision. And I 100% do not regret it. Um, And so from there, I went like all in full time, which for me and still to this day, full time is about 20 hours a week, um, which is gives me so much freedom now in my life and business as well. And I went all in full time summer of 2019. So it hasn't even been a full year that I've, I've been like full time. I've been coaching since, like I said, early 2019. Um, however, it has not even been a full year that I've been, um, coaching full time, which is incredible and just crazy to even think about the amount of changes, all good, um, that have happened in one year. And I'm going to even actually like go back a little bit, like right after I put my resignation letter in to, um, to my, my school, like April, I think of 2019, we found out that I was pregnant, um, for, with our second child. And so this is like absolutely insane. It's some of those like moments that you realized looking back in your life, like how in the world did I make this happen? And so essentially the entire time that I have been building and growing and scaling my business, I have either been, um, 
I've either been teaching full-time, I've been pregnant, and have a newborn at home. And so now Sadie is almost five months old, and my business is still thriving, and I am able to be home with her and home with Kennedy. We have part-time childcare. Um, it's, it's seriously incredible. Like some days are hard. Yeah. Some days are hard for anyone, whether they work in a job or have their own business. Um, and I have gone through a lot of highs and lows and ups and downs in my business, but I think that, um, really to kind of sum it up, the reason I feel that I have been so successful in my business at this point, um, even in my very first year, um, I was able to coach over 25 incredible women. I was able to make over $60,000 in my very first year of business. I'm on track right now to to hit six figures in 2020. Um, I know it's going to happen. I know it's inevitable. And this is this is just my path now. This is what I do. This is what I love doing. And I think again, that to, to sum up like how I was able to have so much success is not only that I decided to, but I also invested a lot and invested quickly in myself. I have never been without a coach in my entire business journey. I invested in my first coach. After that, I invested in a marketing coach, um, an amazing friend and, and marketing coach that I'm still working with today. Um, I invested in another business coach and a group program. Um, I have invested in two different mastermind programs and have hired a sales coach as well. There have been many, many, many investments in my business. In fact, I've invested over $30,000 at this point. And I share that with you because I want you to understand that it was not in vain. I do not throw money at my business. I invest wisely and I invest quickly in the right things that are going to propel me. And they absolutely have. Every time I invest, I up-level my life. I up-level my mindset. I up-level my business. And it has allowed me to grow like very, very quickly. Um, and I am actually hiring a, um, I just recently hired a mindset coach as well that I will be starting to work with as of this summer, 2020, um, which I'm so excited about. And so I think that, you know, my, although my journey is not without, um, some, some ups and downs and highs and lows for sure. I have been able to hit my first, you know, 5k month, 10k month, 14k month. Um, and it just keeps getting better and better. And throughout all of it, I think the greatest thing about having my own business is that not only do I absolutely love what I do and I love working with my my amazing clients, they are so, so, so sweet and are doing fantastic things and I love seeing them grow and I love guiding them and being their support as they begin their businesses as well, but it's also just allowed me to really grow as a person and really dig into things that I never really um, gave much thought to in my, I call it my former life, right? When I was teaching, um, like my mindset, right? And just all of these amazing parts of me that I, that I just subdued for so long. And now I get to be my full authentic self. Not that I, not that I, I wasn't, um, 
authentic when I was teaching and not that I I was hiding who I was, but I just feel like um, now I'm just really able to be who I truly am and feel confident in that and feel totally free to make a ton of money and to have a ton of impact and have a ton of freedom and spend time with my girls and spend time with my husband and, and my family and, you know, our, our hope is to travel a lot more, obviously being pregnant and having a newborn and now with being in a, a um, quarantine for with, with the coronavirus going on right now, obviously travel has kind of been halted, but we have massive dreams. We have big dreams. We have huge goals. And I know that I'm going to be able to do all of the things that we want in life. I'm going to be able to reach all of the goals and the milestones that I have um, envisioned and that my husband and I really want for our lives because of this decision that I made. And so although it's one of like the scariest decisions ever to leave a stable teaching job, I will say it is the best, best, best decision. And I really want you to understand that it is 100% possible for you, it's 100% possible for really anyone that wants it. I think, but that's like the biggest thing. You have to want it and you have to be willing to work for it. And you have to be willing to give up some of the safety and security for even more abundance and even more freedom and even more earning potential and more impact. Like if it is on your heart, if building your business, if growing your business is on your heart and you are at a pivotal point, like I was really where it's like, okay, I, I either need to be all in or all out. I'm here for you. Um, reach out to me. I'm happy to have a chat with you um, uh, about what that looks like and what you're going through. Join us over in my Facebook group. Lots of other um, amazing women over there to connect with and and kind of share your story too. Um, But I really just want to encourage you to say yes to yourself if it's on your heart. So that is a little bit about my story. Um, I will obviously be keeping you guys updated on my journey as we go along um, and as I share on lots of different topics and trainings and resources to help support you as you are building and growing your own businesses. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed and we will talk soon. All right, that's it for today's episode of the Dream Builder Society podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. By leaving a review, you're helping us get this content into the hands of other powerful women and playing a part in fulfilling our mission of empowering women to build their own dream lives and businesses. Don't forget to head over to my Facebook group, The Dream Builder Society, for more guidance, support, and high-level training so you can start learning, growing, taking action, and getting results in your business right now. See you there.